Hello, welcome back to Horror Homeschool. I'm Chris. And I'm Ashley. How are you, Ashley? I'm good. I'm awake. It's only 7.16 here, so I'm good. (laughs) Yeah, sick. I mean, it's just gone quarter past one in the afternoon here. Um, I'm tired because I had to get up for work at 4am. And like I said... Ungodly hour. Yeah, it's it's not good. And I'm not a morning person, so I'm really not liking these 4am starts at the moment. Um, yeah, so I've just chugged a can of Monster to try and stay awake. But uh, it was funny because I messaged you when I woke up this morning. And I think I sent you like a horror meme or some merch or something like I usually do. Like expecting you to re- reply like hours later when you got up. And you replied like straight away. And I was like, whoa, what are you still doing up? It's like 11 p.m. there, which is like late for you. <laughs> and you said it you was. were like, up, up playing a game or something. <laughs> Yeah, I downloaded this stupid game on my phone. I get addicted to them for about a week, and then I get bored and I delete them. <laughs> I, uh, Abby's like that too. She's obsessed with this like word search one at the moment, and she's been playing it for like months, like every night. And it's just so basic. It's just a word search, and she loves it. That's What's just... the game that you've got? Um, what is it called? Uh, it's called Chroma, but basically you have this. Uh, board and you have to get the whole board to be one color it has different squares of different colors and you have to get the whole board to be one color it's just so mindless like, like a rubik's cube but kind on of phone. yeah yeah that but sounds it's so it's... boring <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why i like this kind of stuff like puzzle games yeah yeah, it's yeah so it's like stupid so it's like gone 7 a.m there now so you must be tired too or have you woken up yet uh, I'm okay. I uh, I usually I got up at six. So yeah, you you are an early bird. Like. I am an early bird, thanks to I, I'm my dad. Like I used to make fun of my dad for getting up early all the time when I was a kid, and now I'm him. So dads love getting up early, though, don't they? Like <laughs> they a... do. They get up early and then they fall asleep on the couch yeah. <laughs> at like seven p.m. Yeah, that's it. So, um, yeah, so today we're going to be talking about Poltergeist, and this was a first-time watch for the both of us. I'm so excited. Um, It's the original movie from 1982, not the remake from 2015, which I've heard is terrible. Oh, I don't Uh, want to watch it. Yeah, maybe we will at some point, but there's no rush. (laughs) We'll just do this one first. Um, I think there's, like, sequels to this as well. There's, like, there's two sequels. Um... But again, we'll get to those in due course. But yeah, we're talking about the OG, the cult movie directed by Toby Hooper uh, of Texas Chainsaw Massacre fame. Or is it pronounced Tobe Hooper? T-O-B-E? It's I think probably... it is Tobe. Was it Toby? Toby Tobe? Is... I don't know. I don't know. 
email in and correct me. I don't want another repeat of homage, though, to be honest. But <laughs> homage. homage. Um, so it's written by Steven Spielberg, Michael Grayis, G-R-A-I-S. I'm so shit at pronouncing stuff. And Mark Victor. Um, so I want to make a disclaimer before we go any further. Any paranormal skeptics who are listening may want to turn off now as me and Ashley are firm believers in the paranormal. <laughs> we want to believe. So we're basically going to be treating this film as if it were a documentary. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty much. <laughs> so, I mean, we've been hinting at this for a while now, but before we go into the movie, why don't we start out by talking about our personal paranormal encounters we've had you go first (laughs) always go first okay um so most of the paranormal experiences um that i've had haven't been my own if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. i know this doesn't make this credibility stand up in any way shape or form but yeah, it's been, it's been everyone that has lived in this house that I'm living in now. Like, I've lived here for, well, on and off for around, like, um, 30 years, I want to say, on and off. Um, but, yeah, this house, like, it is haunted as shit. But me personally, I've never seen or heard anything. It's just what other people have told me. Um, but indirectly these experiences do involve me weirdly which i'll go into um it's it's so funny though because i'm the only one that sort of wants to believe and like i want to see some spooky shit but it never happens to me you know in all this time um so i'll start with um i'll start with abby because that's like the most recent stuff like she has experiences in this house like quite regularly um she feels a phantom hand touch her on occasion. Like, we'll just be sat there watching the telly yeah. on separate couches <laughs> and she'll just sort of flinch and go, someone just put their fingers through my hair. Like, oh, no. She'll oh, just, no, like, no. she'll swear blind, like, I felt a hand go through my hair. Like, I felt my hair move. Um, Or we'll be in bed and she'll, like, feel like a hand, like, just, like, touch across her face and she'll look over and my hands won't be anywhere near her, you know shit like that um and she doesn't like bullshit at all like you know she wouldn't like say something um just you know for no reason like it, it has to be noticeable for her to to speak up about something like that um but the weirdest one that she had was um i think i told you about this one um so she she just had a bath and she was upstairs um, she just walked into the bedroom at uh, the front of the house and she was like drying her hair in the mirror. At this point, I was downstairs <clears throat> lying on the couch watching the telly. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, yeah, so she was just blow drying her hair in the mirror. And I can I can hear the, the hair dryer going as I'm downstairs. And then she just turns it off and just shouts down, were you just upstairs right now? I was like, no, I've been sat here like like all night, you know, I've not moved. And she goes, I just saw you pop round the corner and look at me. Nope. Like nope. <laughs> nope. 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 
and I have this uh, like a, a dressing gown. Well, it's like a Jedi robe. It's like a big brown Jedi robe that I put the hood up when it's cold. <laughs> and she said she swore blind that she saw like in she was looking in the mirror, and as she was looking in the mirror, the door frame was like directly behind her, and she saw me with my hood up pop round the door frame and look at her, and then go back. And she was just like, it was you as well. Like, that was the weirdest thing. Like, No, I think you guys should move. <laughs> yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure there's other things that I'm forgetting now, but it all seems to revolve around, like, me. It's almost like my doppelganger. Um, mm. The people swear that it's me. Oh, that was it. Um, That's parents, so scary. You didn't tell me a... that one. Oh, did I did not tell you that. Hello? Can you hear me? Oh. I don't know what happened. Can you hear me at Hello? all? Yeah, Hello? I can hear you. You can hear me can now? Can you hear me? I can hear yeah, you. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. I'll just cut I don't off. either. <laughs> okay. So I was going to say, um, yeah, it all sort of revolves around me and people thinking it's me because my parents have had experiences in this house as well, like for years. And um, another one where... Like, my mum, like, that after she woke up, she was like, did you come in our bedroom last night and, like, fiddle around near, like, the uh, the drawer unit, like, the dresser? And I was like, no. She said, well, someone came in our room last night and we thought it was you. <laughs> um, but the, the biggest one was an experience my parents had years ago in this house. And it all centres around that same bedroom as well which is our bedroom right now. It used to be my parents' bedroom. Um, and my mum and dad were in bed, we were dead asleep. And all of a sudden, my mum woke up because she just felt like there was like a presence in the room. She looked, there was a figure sat at the bottom of her side of the bed. When she looked at it, it then got up off the bed walked around the end of the bed and came towards my dad's side of the bed. My dad then woke up and tried to grab this figure and it just disappeared. Y'all are crazy. (laughs) (laughs) White people in their haunted houses, am I right? (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. Again, these are two people that just wouldn't, like, say this for no reason especially my dad he would never like bullshit or you know and, and they both like swear blind that this is definitely something real that happened to them <laughs> um yeah oh oh and right this is a weird one this is the last one to do with this house so my sister had an experience again in the same bedroom at the front of the house where weirdly enough she was getting ready in that room I don't know if she was blow drying her hair, but she was using that mirror. Same mirror. That's the thing, isn't it? With paranormal stuff, a mirror. Mm-hmm. So again, it was something through the mirror. But she was like getting ready in that room. And she turned around to leave the room and walk through that same door frame, right? But um, do you guys have Lucas Aid? You know, the, the, the energy drink? No. No. Mm-mm. It's like, I don't know, like Gatorade or something. So. Mm-hmm bottle of Lucas Aid on the nightstand uh, near the door um, as she tried to leave the room she had to stop at the door frame because there was a levitating bottle of Lucas Aid right there 
and she she stopped like half a foot in front of it and watched it fall to the ground and just stand upright. No, I would have pissed my pants. Honestly, again, she swears blind. That is something that happened. That was real. She saw it. It didn't just fall off the bed stand. She saw it hovering in midair, horizontal. The bottle was horizontal and actually like, you know, like a barrier to like stop her leaving the threshold. Um, and then as she obviously stopped, you know, she was walking out as normal and then stopped and gasped because there was something in the way. She didn't expect that. And it just it just lowered to the ground. Um, yeah, so. No, I'm not. I'm not staying with you in a row. I, uh, I go there. I'm just letting you know that. Right now. <laughs> I will. Me and Kevin will stay outside. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh... That's that's my haunted house, but like I say, I want to experience this stuff because um, I've never seen or heard anything. I've been here the same amount of time, so it's like um, for some reason the people that want to see it don't get to. Yeah, yeah, um, it seems to be that, doesn't it? it? Yeah, I've also got a theory that it's like some sort of like pervy old man ghost. I don't know why, but a lot of it, it, it's to do with women. You know, like, it always mm-hmm. is with the women. Like, it was on the sat on my mum's side of the bed. It's always there watching, you know, girls get ready. Like, hmm. do you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. That's just my theory. And it doesn't want to see my naked ass. Like, you have know, you, that's... <laughs> have you thought about <laughs> Whenever research? I'm around, it's like, oh, fuck no, not this guy again. <laughs> research um yeah and well i mean you know it's it's an old house there's there's got to be some deaths in here uh, yeah I should do some research i wouldn't even know where to start really i guess a local library or something i don't know probably yeah do some old school, old school <laughs> research um yeah uh, the house next door to us used to be a funeral home so maybe that's got something to do with it I don't know. oh yeah, yeah i know that definitely. house is very haunted also i've heard loads of stories about that one um and our outhouse oh, <laughs> you won't want to stay in there now our outhouse um back when i don't know it it used to be sort of attached to next door um and that part of the building was where the hearses used to get taken into the funeral home hmm. so yeah it might have something to do with that i don't know that's uh that's some wild <laughs> wild times i'm not uh, i'm not down with that (laughs) i've got another couple of experiences that are personal to me if you want to hear them okay so there's two things that have happened to me where i've heard things i've not seen anything but i've heard things on two separate occasions not in this house um one of them i was on one of those organized ghost hunts you know where you sort of mm-hmm. you pay to go to a haunted location and do an investigation you know ghost hunter style with all the equipment and all that um and i went to this place called bygone times and it's like um how can I describe it it's like an antique market sort of um do you call them like flea markets mm-hmm. uh, but it's like it's indoors in an old um like i think it's like a victorian factory it used to be a victorian factory um and there was lots of deaths in there like it's haunted as shit um 
it's actually a great place to visit if anyone's local um and they love ghost shit um go to bygone times in um shit where is it Chorley? yeah around Chorley somewhere but um yeah i went to the, one of these um organized ghost hunt things and um the the people you get in on those things like usually they just kind of fuck around and it kind of it annoys me because no one sort of takes it seriously you know and it's just like i'm here to you know see some real experience some real so everyone was sort of messing about and i was like you know what i'm just going to go off on my own and i took one of those um what are well, those little meter things that they use mm-hmm. to see like paranormal uh fields <laughs> that's not the right term magnetic I, know about, yeah. I don't know a little thing you know that zach bagans uses um so i thought right i'll do like a sweep of this entire floor on my own see if anything happens to me so i was just walking up and down all these aisles and there's like rows and rows and rows of all this antique like bits and bobs bric-a-brac and i was just going up and down up and down and then i just stopped somewhere where i felt something and I started like calling out and like um, it was this particular part where um, the foreman of this factory is apparently being seen and doesn't like people messing around all the rest of it. Like it's really cool in this place because they've actually embraced the the ghosts and they sort of have signs everywhere, you know, where, where like experiences have happened. It gives you a bit of history. So where I stopped, I didn't actually realize this was one of the hotspots and I started calling out to this you know, this angry foreman ghost. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like the biggest like rumbling noise just happened and like glass cabinet shook. You know, like a train was rolling through or something. Like also it sounded like someone was storming down one of the aisles, you know, like stamping their feet. And I was all alone. Like literally the rest of the group were like way on the other side of the building. And this is pitch black and like literally you know glass was like shaking cabinets were wobbling and it just happened like that in a couple of seconds i was just like wow <laughs> okay that you, was weird there's like no explanation for that this you is like would an... definitely be the first person to die in a, in a ghost <laughs> movie and You're the like... weird thing is i didn't run either i was just like <laughs> wow that's amazing like because it was the first like proper you know sort of paranormal experience i had oh. and it, i loved it it was great you're gonna be you're like the girls that are like oh we're in a haunted asylum i'm gonna go take a shower (laughs) and then the ghost kills them that's you totally (laughs) okay and then right the last one um (laughs) you're gonna laugh i broke into an abandoned school okay um Actually, I know I didn't break in just for legal reasons. I didn't do any trespassing or break. Well, I did trespassing, but I didn't do any breaking and entering. There was already a window that was kind of broken. And I kind of went in. Um, I think this place is demolished now. It's another local school, but it had been abandoned for years. And me and my mates, we used to go there. In fact, one of my mates filmed like a short movie in there once, and it was awesome. But this was a separate occasion where I went back a few times and I went with my friend Liz. Uh, shout out to Liz if you listen. I don't know if you do, but thank you if you do. Um, we yeah, we were exploring the the caretakers building, which is like obviously next to the school and the school school grounds. It's a really fucking creepy house. It's like I mean I know you've not seen it, but 
it's like the Blair Witch House. It's like proper rundown, like, you know, looks like something straight out of a horror movie. And we were just taking pictures, walking about. It's like a grand piano in there still, just like on the ground floor. Really weird. And we went upstairs and we were taking pictures in a few of the rooms on on the upper level. And we hadn't heard anything the entire time we were there, you know. And then all of a sudden we just heard like Nope. Like nope. Very loud. And we, I was like, fuck. My first thought was, oh, shit, someone's here. You know, because we're trespassing. I was like, let's get the fuck out of here. Um, you know, because I didn't want to get caught or whatever. Um, and then as we were going down the stairs, I didn't say anything to Liz, but I noticed that our footsteps going down the stairs was the exact noise that we heard. Because mm. it echoed throughout the house, like inside the house. And that was the noise we heard as if someone was coming up the stairs to us. And we got out, you know, as we left the grounds, I'd turn around to Liz and I was like, you know, that noise we heard, didn't it sound exactly like our footsteps going down the stairs? And she was like, yep, I know. I thought the exact same thing, but didn't want to say anything while we were still (laughs) So there you go. Um, There's my paranormal experiences. if you're still listening, everybody, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for letting me waffle. <laughs> but yeah, I've got it all out there. That's uh, fine. They're my ghost stories. I'll just uh. I'll just tell a couple. Um, let's see. I'll do the, my favorite one. Mm-hmm. Is I was driving in my hometown, and there's this back road called BJ Mays, and it's known <laughs> for like I know <laughs> it's it's known for like BJ's. No, drug addicts <laughs> and stuff like that. But I don't know why. This one night I was like coming home from work and I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the back way. And it's dark. So I'm just driving and I see this guy along the side of the road and he's like swinging a lantern. And I was like, huh, oh, no way. That's really? weird. So I like pass by him and then I look at my rear view mirror and he's gone. I was like, fuck off. Uh, and I just. <laughs> Well, I sped. So he, he looked like a real person. Like I was you saw, like, like, oh my god, what the heck, man! It was terrifying. I was so scared. I was like, what if he ends up in my car? Oh, <laughs> yeah, you just look on your, in your rearview mirror, and he sat in the back of the car. <laughs> I would just crash my car. I don't even care if I died. Like, do you ever? Hold. Side note: Do you ever like watch these like ghost stories? And then you're like, these ghosts want to kill you. And then I'm like, listen, you're going to kill me. I'm going to become a ghost and we're going to throw some hands. Like, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> That's a really good point. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> uh, um, another time when I was a kid. So I was a very scared kid. I was scared of everything. I'm still Same. scared of everything, but I'm, I'm a little bit more brave now. <laughs> but um, I was home alone and I'm watching TV. Love that movie. Sorry, go on. <laughs> I know, me too. Uh, I was watching TV, and all of a sudden, the blender in the kitchen started going off. I was like, Ghost of course, I start to panic. <laughs> I go over there, and I push in the off button, and it won't turn off. I'm trying to push the other button, won't turn off. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to unplug it. If it doesn't turn off, I'm going to die. <laughs> so I unplugged it, and it did turn off. And I, like, 
this is like a beginning of cell phones. So I call my mom. I'm like, where are you? The blender just came <laughs> off by itself. I'm scared. <laughs> I, I don't know if that was, you know, electrical or whatever. But That was definitely uh, a ghost making himself a I'm smoothie. sure it was. He was on a health kick. He was like, you know what? I'm going to get myself into shape. I'm going to go on some, some smoothies. I know. Um, <laughs> the house I grew up in, like... I don't know if it was haunted for everybody else. Maybe it was just me that was haunted, but I always had a lot of weird stuff that happened to me. Um, hold on, excuse me. Okay. My throat's dry. Um, and then, so Kevin and I lived with this. We had a roommate in our old, uh, it was like a townhome. And they both swore that it was haunted because like, things would just fall or like be thrown and stuff like that so you've got but, poltergeist activity there. yeah <laughs> so when they started telling me about it i literally said out loud i said listen ghost <laughs> i was like if you want us to stay here you will not mess with me i was like i'm not about to deal with this i said i will move out right away i was like let's just be on the same page I won't mess with you. Do you won't mess with me? And he really didn't. They, he messed with them. Um, but I'm he was like, sure okay, he, I respect you. Yeah. You I'm pretty sure he followed me around for a little bit because I always like felt presences and then like mm-hmm. just weird, like little glitchy things would happen all the time. And, um, or like I would turn around and something would be missing and I'm like, okay. But um, after living in this apartment for about two years, he finally kind of just, I think he got bored and, <laughs> went along his merry way but <laughs> i was just like as long as you don't scare me yeah or throw that, anything around in my presence i'll be that's, okay that's the thing like i mean i feel like if you got a bit of a warning first then it would be okay if you know it was just like okay i'm gonna appear now like but like just not all of a sudden right you know i mean i feel like i would like die of fright if i if i just saw a full-bodied apparition just just there as I turned a corner or something I would I couldn't deal with that shit but if they just sort of like gave me a bit of a warning like I don't know just like whisper right, I'm just gonna I'm gonna appear now like just be, ready. <laughs> just be ready like for this I know you've wanted to see a ghost your whole life just trying to chill about it you know um I think I'd be cool with that but <laughs> so I would love to hear other stories so if people want to like message me and yeah. tell me their stories please i love reading them i listen to this real life uh scary stories podcast where she reads scary stories writ- uh from listeners and i would just love it i just love yeah. it so much so like, send in your scary stories like your paranormal experiences and we'll read them out on the pod definitely mm. okay so should we talk about the film we should definitely talk about this film because that's why we're here. I have, I, I have a lot <laughs> got to work say. soon. Yeah, <laughs> so have I. This is this is insane, right? So let's talk about Poltergeist. So the synopsis, the shortest one we've had. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> a family's home is haunted by a host of demonic ghosts. Full stop. Um, now, eh, it's not entirely correct, is it? No. I mean, there's just I would... one demonic. Demo- it's just one demonic ghost, am I right? Yeah. I mean, the rest were just people? I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of muddiness in this film, and that was just the dugout pool in the back garden. But I'm... Um... Hello. 
Okay. Can you hear Sorry. Me? Yeah. You just like. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. It's okay. Just let me know if I cut out, so we can just you know. Edit. Carry on when we know. Okay. So. Yeah. So before we dive into what we thought about the film, I'm gonna reel off some trivia about it. Ooh, I love um, the trivia of this movie. <laughs> I knew also, about the trivia right. before I watched the movie. <laughs> right, okay, so that's something we'll go into. But I've also got a couple of goofs for this one. There was a lot of goofs oh. and fuck-ups for this film, uh, but I'll pick my two favourites. Um, so this is also your spoiler warning. Um, so if you haven't seen this movie, go and watch it uh, and then listen to this. Uh, it's... I don't think it's streaming anywhere in the UK. I bought the DVD. Is it streaming over there? Yeah, it was on... I want to say it was on HBO. Yeah. So does that mean you have to pay for it? or? Well, I mean, yes. It's a streaming service that you would have to pay for. I pay right, for so right. many. It's ridiculous. <laughs> okay, so... Goofs. So this is a huge one. Um, and I can't actually believe it. Um, I'm going to have to send you something here. You need to watch it. Um, what what am I sending it you on? Like Messenger or Instagram? or Instagram's fine, yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll have to do it on, on Messenger, sorry, because I'm on my PC. Okay, no, that's fine. Um, I forgot, yeah. Right, just let me pull up the browser and send you this over before I carry on talking. This doesn't fuck up the recording. My computer is so slow. Oh, it's asking me about cookies. I don't want to talk about cookies right now. Mm, I, don't even know, I don't even know what cookies are. <laughs> Oh, no, me neither. <laughs> right. Um, messenger, where are you? Come on. My throat's like extra dry right now. I'm like, what is happening? Oh, uh, no worries. Keep drinking. What are you drinking? Uh, I don't message you on Messenger, do I, at all? On Facebook, yeah. Where are you? I guess I message a lot of people. Um, fucking hell, this is so hard to navigate. Here, um, I'll... Uh... Actually, what am I doing? I'll just send it on Skype. Is that oh, okay? Just... Oh. Or is Messenger better? I... Oh, you've, you've done it. You've done it. I just oh, cool, messaged cool. you. Oh, that's cool. There we go. I didn't even think okay. about sending you on Skype, but okay. So let's get rid of that. So yeah, I've sent you the YouTube clip of this. So that famous line at around 24 minutes in the film, the first time Carol Ann says they're here in a parent's bedroom, her lips appear to be saying they're all here. So. <laughs> If you skip to one minute and 40 seconds on that clip, you'll never be able to unsee this now. Okay. One minute. 
but it's like a really bad dub. And it's like the most famous, like, iconic moment in the film. Oh, no! (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that terrible? That's terrible. (laughs) Yeah, so, sorry, but yeah, you'll never be able to unwatch that. Um, That's a big one. And there's another one here that really bugged me. Um, So, many viewers have pointed out that only... One of the houses in the neighborhood is affected by the ghosts, even though the whole neighborhood and mm-hmm. many other of the houses are built on the same ground. <laughs> like, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was something that bugged me, but I was like, well, was it because they're building a pool and they disturbed the land like that? Oh, yeah, that's but then I was like, in the whole. Are you yeah. still there? Okay, sorry. Yeah, I'm here, yeah. Keeps going in and out. But, like, I don't know, yeah. And then, also, like, how did the other neighbors not see all the weird stuff happening around yeah. their house? Like, this is the fucking tornado, tree like, the tree that came to life. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, like, I did a bit of research, and it said, like, um, hang on, what does it say this? Um Okay, so it says that there are two she- there are two sections of the movie that explain this discrepancy. One in which Stephen tells a prospective buyer that his family was one of the first to move onto the neighborhood, and another in mm-hmm. which Stephen's boss mentions that Carol Ann was born in the house, and the novelization apparently makes more connection and is more explicit in saying that because Carol Ann was born in the burial grounds the spirits gravitated towards their household, attracted to her life force. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of picked up on that too, but still, it was just so weird. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So let's get into the trivia. So, I mean, this is an obvious one. Uh, The word poltergeist is German for noisy ghost. (laughs) Um, As a gift from the crew, the little girl, Heather O'Rourke, got to keep the goldfish. Aww. Yeah. Um, and something that I noticed, right, on the little sneak peek of your notes that you sent me was <laughs> you wrote on it, didn't the kid die? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's weird. So I did a bit of research and yes, she did. In fact, both of the daughters in that movie died young, like mm-hmm. very tragically. So do you know about this? The Yes, the curse of that movie. Right. Yes. I was hoping that you didn't so I could blow your mind. Because <laughs> mine is well and truly blown. Because if you hadn't have put that on your notes, I would not have known this. I don't know how, but the poltergeist curse completely just passed me by. Like, I can't believe I've never heard about it. But, it's yeah, it's one of those cursed movies where there's, like, tons of death and tragic events linked to it. Mm-hmm. Like the poltergeist curse. So... It's haunted by brutal murders and mysterious deaths. It says here, hit 1982 horror movie Poltergeist became known as Hollywood's most cursed film after the cast were plagued by a series of tragedies after it wrapped. And yeah, so Dominique Dunn, who played the elder sister, she died 
just months after filming Poltergeist. She was only 22. Oh, jeez. Uh, on the evening of October 30th, 1982, she was brutally strangled by an <laughs> aggravated ex-boyfriend. Um, the assailant, John Sweeney, showed up at her West Hollywood home in hopes of repairing their relationship and moving back in with her. An argument erupted on Dunn's driveway where the deadly attack took place. When the police arrived on the scene, Sweeney was quoted as saying, I've killed my girlfriend. Um, at the time, Eesh. Dunn was still alive and she was rushed to a medical centre where she remained in a coma for five days and never regained consciousness. Mm. On November 4th, 1982, um, just three weeks before what would have been her 23rd birthday, she was removed from life support and pronounced dead. And Poltergeist was her only film appearance. So, yeah, fucking tragic. That is um, so sad. And <laughs> yeah, the little girl, Heather O'Rourke, she died when she was 12. Mm-hmm. Um, so during the filming of Poltergeist 3 in 1988, she suffered flu-like symptoms. And her symptoms were a result of a congenial intestinal stenosis blockage. Um, ultimately claimed her life and her mother claimed a wrong diagnosis was responsible for her death um yeah so in january 1987 heather began to have flu-like symptoms and her leg and feet swelled she was taken to kaiser hospital and they confirmed it was only the flu but when symptoms continued they diagnosed her as having crohn's disease uh, which is a chronic inflammation of the intestine and she was on medication throughout her filming of poltergeist 3 and her cheeks were puffy in some scenes. Um, she never complained during filming and did not appear sick to fellow cast members. There's more detail I can go into about her final moments and her actual death, but it's just way too sad. Like, um, but by all accounts, she was you know, a delightful kid who was a really talented actor. Um, it says here that <laughs> it says here that during all the horrors that proceeded while filming Poltergeist. Only one scene really scared her, and that was where she had to hold onto the headboard while the wind machine blew the toys Yay. into the closet behind her. And apparently, she like fell apart. And Steven Spielberg stopped everything, put her in his arms, and said that she'd not have to do that scene again. Um, <laughs> so fucking sad, isn't it? Um, but okay, so get this. Robbie has a poster in his room for Super Bowl 22, which would not take place for another six years. Heather O'Rourke died in San Diego the day after Super Bowl Sunday of 1988, in which it was played in San Diego as well. Um, so, creepy. Yeah, weird uh, synchronicity, is that what you call it? Mm, yes. Um, so... The third death of the actors from that movie was Lou Perryman, who had a very minor role in this film as the construction worker named Pugsley. He was the one mm-hmm. who appeared at the window where he was like mm-hmm. testing the pasta sauce and drinking the coffee in the kitchen, and then he gets the blinds drawn on him. Um, so he was gruesomely murdered in a completely random attack in his home by Seth Christopher Tatum, an ex-con with a history of mental health problems on April the 1st, 2009. I mean, 
I thought something was weird about that April Fool's Day, and he was like a fool in the film. I don't know. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, um, that's crazy. But it says here Tatum was on the run after a violent after a violent altercation with his mother's ex boyfriend when he randomly came across Perryman's home. The two had never met before, and he just killed him. Um, the reason just to steal his car. Um, the case was settled two years later when the killer who'd stopped taking his medication for bipolar uh, shortly before the murder was sentenced to life in prison. Um, I mean, this happened 17 years after the release of the movie, but it's still considered like part of the curse. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's another two deaths of actors who were also in Poltergeist, um, but the sequels, um, Poltergeist 2, which we haven't seen. Um, so Julian Beck, who played apparently one of the creepiest villains in horror history, Reverend Henry Kane. Mm. Um, so this isn't as shocking or as left field as the others. I mean, he passed away after a long battle with stomach cancer. Um, he'd been diagnosed with that in 1983. So while his death is certainly unfortunate, it's it wasn't unexpected like the others. Um, so he was dying of stomach cancer during the production and the entire crew were well aware of his diagnosis and mm. some believe it even influenced his chilling final performance in the film. Um, and he would never live to see the theatrical release of Poltergeist 2 since he passed away on September 14th, 1985, during the film's post-production period and a full eight months before its premiere. And This is... Uh, this is- super bleak <laughs> yeah, it is isn't it we're on the last one now so the fifth and final death attached to the poltergeist cursed is will sampson who played taylor the native american shaman from poltergeist 2 um i know him as chief bromden from one floor of the cuckoo's nest don't know if you've seen that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so he passed away due to post-operative kidney failure following a heart and lung transplant um again this is another death of a cast member that eerily occurred not long after the release of the Poltergeist movie. Um, Samson passed away on June the 3rd, 1987. He was only 53. But much like Beck's situation, he had a pre-existing medical condition. Um, other occurrences. Joe Beth Williams had a supernatural experience during the making of the film. Whenever she came home from filming, the pictures on the walls of her house were crooked. Every mm. time she fixed them, they would hang crooked again. Mm-mm. Zelda Rubinstein also had an experience when a vision of her dog came to her and said goodbye. Hours later, her mother called her and told Rubinstein that the dog had passed away that very day. Aww. Uh, I, I, I don't want to be insensitive, but I don't know how a dog says goodbye without looking like a cartoon dog <laughs> can speak. <Aww. laughs> <laughs> it just wagged its tail in a in a departing way. Um, okay, so. What caused this curse? Have you heard about this? The reasons? No, I don't think I have. Why? So this is great. Oh, wait. I may, but go ahead. So real human skeletons were used in the swimming pool scene. Since the crew decided it would be too complicated and expensive to get fake ones. And Joe Beth Williams was not made aware of this until <gasps> the scene was finished. Oh, I would be... Oh, my God. Uh, it says here that 
Yeah, one widely discussed theory is the fact that real skeletons were used by the effects crew in the first two movies. I mean, how ironic would it be if these real skeletons somehow jinx the cast? I mean, you know, the desecration of human remains, um, you know, causes problems, man. I mean, this literally is what the message of the film is. (laughs) I know. And they still decided to use it. Yeah. It says here, Joe Beth Williams was hesitant about shooting the swimming pool scene because of the large amount of electrical equipment positioned over her and around the pool. In order to comfort her, Steven Spielberg crawled into the pool with her to shoot the scene. Spielberg told her, now if a light falls in, we'll both fry. And the the strategy worked and Williams got in the pool. Um, One man who is strongly against the notion that these real skeletons led to the deaths of the actors is special makeups effect artist Craig Reardon, who worked on Poltergeist. He said, the subject of the skeletons that we used in Poltergeist, to my utter amazement, has created some sort of online mythology and not a pretty one. He said, um, apparently there's a contingent of people out there who believe that the fact that real human skeletons were used as some kind of pretext to explain why two actors that worked in the film subsequently died, which is not only conceptually ridiculous, but it's personally offensive to me. Um, Get out of here. (laughs) Another member of the Poltergeist cast was also very vocal against the curse stuff, and that's Zelda Rubinstein, who played the clairvoyant ghost vanquisher. Um, Mm. You know, this house Mm -hmm. is clean. (laughs) Uh, I know her from Teen Witch. Have you seen that? It's like cheesiest 80s movie you'll ever see like that's right it's almost so bad it's good um but yeah i know her from that but she slammed the curse as superstitious crap Mm. Um, yeah so that is uh that's the poltergeist curse make of that what you will i mean it's definitely creepy um and tragic but you know however much you want to read into that that's up to you um so let's get into the rest of the trivia so both of the terrors that plague robbie came from steven spielberg's own fears as a child a fear Mm. of clowns and a tree outside of his window that clown though (laughs) (laughs) it says here heather o'rourke was chosen for the film when she was eating lunch with her mother and sister at mgm commissionery Producer Steven Spielberg came up to them and wanted O'Rourke for the part of Carol Ann. She initially failed the screen test because she kept laughing all the way through her audition, even when she was supposed to be afraid. Spielberg Spielberg thought she was too young to take the part seriously, but he still recognised something special in her. So he asked her to come back for another audition and this time bring a scary storybook with her. He also asked her to scream... So she screamed and screamed until she started crying. This audition got her cast as Carol Ann. Wow. <laughs> How fucking mean was this movie to kids? These poor oh, children. Jeez. Um, Drew Barrymore was considered for the role of Carol Ann. I knew that, that, yeah. <laughs> director Steven Spielberg wanted someone more angelic. It was Barrymore's audition for this role, however, that landed her the part in E.T., Spielberg, we... sorry. Oh, I was going to say, why are we God. having issues with this one movie with the curse? Oh, that's a very good point. Yeah. 
I mean, I'll have edited out all the issues, but to anyone who's interested about this spooky poltergeist curse, we're having technical issues here. We've been having the whole episode. We've had to call each other back a few times and all sorts. So, yeah, maybe this this podcast episode is cursed. No, oh, no. It's not going to let us talk about it. Um, so Spielberg hired Toby Hooper after being impressed with his work on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Have you seen that film? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I have. Do you like it? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's I second. need to rewatch the old... Well, yeah, I need to rewatch the original because it's been a very long time. I've seen, oh, the, so good. I've seen the remake a couple times. Yeah, it's been a while since I've watched the remake. I don't think I liked it. In fact, um, there's been so many like remakes and reboots and prequels to that film. I just can't keep track. You know, side note to the gas station in the um, original movie. Yeah. Did they stop it? That's in my yeah, hometown. Yeah, yeah, that's so sick. I think we've talked about that. Oh, did we talk about that? Yeah. There's a few yeah. locations, isn't there? Like the house mm-hmm. and that. That's like right by you. Yeah, the gas station is now a. Uh, it's like a barbecue place and you can actually like uh they have little places in the back you can stay pretty cool yeah that's awesome when i visit i'm definitely doing the texas chainsaw like pilgrimage like tour (laughs) so around one hour 35 minutes when robbie is being strangled the clown's arms become extremely tight and the kid actually started to choke when he when he screams out, I can't breathe. Director Steven Spielberg and Toby Hooper thought that the boy was ad libbing and just instructed him to look at the camera. When Spielberg saw Robin's face turning purple, he <gasps> ran over and removed the clown's arms from the kid's neck. <laughs> so, I mean, that kid could have been the first victim of the curse. What like, the heck? A clown could have actually killed him. Um, and the clown puppet used in the film is on display in Planet Hollywood in Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas. <laughs> well, guess what we're going to go. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. I'm going to go to Vegas. I'm seeing that clown. <laughs> At around one hour, 40 minutes, the scene where Diane is attacked in the bedroom by an invisible force was actually filmed in a rotating box with a stationary camera. This gave the appearance that she was being dragged up the wall and across the ceiling. Which, by the way, I mean, that was directly... Well, I was going to say it was taken from Nightmare on Elm Street, but I don't know which was first. This, What was first? Nightmare oh, Elm I don't know. Let's, let me just quickly find yeah. out, because I don't want to say that this was ripping it off if this was the first one that did it. Freaking uh, Scary Movie 2. There's a whole scene with the... <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Nightmare on Elm Street was 1984. When was this? 1982? Was it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, it was. 1982. Okay, so I stand corrected. Nightmare on Elm Street took that from this. So this was the OG. So, but yeah, I actually really, really like that scene. I yeah. Like that. I, it, it really freaks me out. Like, there's a few um, like rides in the fun fair that I've been on like that. One was called the Haunted Swing. Mm. It used to be at Southport Fairground, and oh, it just fucking freaks me out because like, it's like a, well, it's like a a thing that you sit in, but 
the whole room like spins around, but you feel like you're turning upside down. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So it like mm-hmm. gives you, and it's like totally fucked you up. So when they do shit like this in films, like I love it. It's one of my favorite. Like I don't know if I call it a trope, but I, it's one of my favorite special effects. Mm. Definitely in a horror film, like a practical, a good old fashioned spinning room, which makes it look like you're getting, you know thrown around on the ceiling and up the walls it's so sick i love it um so there's a scene in the film where steven says he hates pizza hut and the scene was later edited uh quite crudely um and it's quite noticeable uh because apparently pizza hut took offense to it so it's like a bad <laughs> edit edit job uh, <laughs> In reality, Craig T. Nelson and Joe Beth Williams are only 15 and 11 years older than Dominique Dunn, who played their teenage daughter. Oh, wow. <laughs> at around 29 minutes, the shot of the chairs that position themselves in the amazing balancing act on the table was all done in one take. As the camera panned along with Joe Beth Williams, who was getting some cleaning materials, several crew members quickly set an already organized pyramid of chairs on the table, then took the single chairs away before the camera scrolled back. Oh, that's the ta- cool. The table is off screen for only seven seconds. And I noticed that that was actually a really cool, um, a cool scene because it, it did look, you know, obviously re- really realistic. Um, Steven Spielberg worked on this film and E.T. literally back to back. Both filming locations were actually within 20 minutes of each other in California. Poltergeist and E.T. opened to theatres nationwide only a week between each other during the summer of 1982. Poltergeist on June the 4th and E.T. one week later on June the 11th. I've never seen E.T. Oh, no way. It's on Netflix. I don't know if it's on the US one, but um, actually me, Abby and Aiden were having a discussion about E.T. because I really wanted to watch it. We were choosing what film to watch and E.T. popped up. I was like, oh, we've got to watch that. And they're like, oh, no, I don't want to watch an old, like, crappy, like, 80s movie. I was like, but it's, like, regarded as one of the greatest films of all time. And they're like, all right, I'll put the trailer on. So we watched the trailer. And I was, like, getting choked up and, like, getting goosebumps just watching the trailer. And as soon as it finished, they just both turned to me and at the same time went, no. And I was just like, okay. Those well, youngins. <laughs> just just watching the trailer was enough for me. I'm getting choked up. <laughs> it's that Aww. theme. It's that fucking John Williams music. It's just like, oh. Scores I need to watch it. Um, so, yeah, this film was reissued in October in 1982 to take advantage of the Halloween weekend. Nice. Steven Spielberg offered Toby Hooper to E.T. to direct, but when Hooper declined, Spielberg gave him Poltergeist instead and directed E.T. himself. Nice. Probably a, a wise choice there. Um, Poltergeist special effects and score were both nominated for Oscars, but lost to E.T. in both categories. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's proper Poltergeist curse, isn't it? Um the children's bedroom is littered with Star Wars products. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was so noticeable. Um, and I have no idea why, because Spielberg wasn't creatively involved in any of the Star Wars films. Aside I from episode three, but that came out in 2005. Um, so maybe he was just like a big fan of it or because it was so huge at the time. But 
I find it so distracting. <laughs> One of the few Steven Spielberg films. Uh, so, oh yeah, as I was just saying. John Williams, this is one of the few Steven Spielberg films not to feature music by John Williams. Um, Jerry Goldsmith did the score. He also did Alien, The Omen, Rambo, The Burbs, Mulan, Total Recall, The Mummy, and one we've mentioned before, Ryan Horn's favourite score, Gremlins. Um, despite being a horror film, there are no murders or fatalities depicted in the film. Uh, Tweety the bird is the only fatality (laughs) (laughs) and it's one of the earliest films to deal with EVP electronic voice phenomenon Zelda Rubinstein has said in an interview she didn't like Toby Hooper because she could see he had a drug problem (laughs) (laughs) Zelda Rubinstein supposedly had genuine psychic ability claiming to have visions of things before they happened Steven Spielberg, sorry, Stephen King was briefly approached to write the screenplay. It would have been the first time King had directly written for screen, uh, but the parties could not agree on the terms. So that is all the trivia out of the way. So what are your initial thoughts on this one? I mean, no I pun have... intended, but I am dying to know what you thought about <laughs> it. I, uh, I have four pages of notes. Fuck. And... <laughs> The last. I'm gonna go to work. I don't want to keep you. Oh no no no! I don't. We're leaving. We're going to. We're going out of town. Oh, later. Okay. So yeah. Um, the last word I have on my notes is brilliant. That is what I thought of that movie. Just wow, awesome. Really? I enjoyed it very much. Me and Kevin okay. both actually. I'm happy what for you. you. <laughs> you didn't like it. <laughs> Man, I thought this movie was kind of a stinker. Really? I know I'm going to get crucified for this, um, but I think it's massively overrated. Like, I really struggled with it. Like, there were elements of it that I really liked, which I'll go into later. But on a whole, I was left disappointed by this film. And it's annoying because I was really looking forward to this one. You know, it's one of the big cult horrors you know, it's well, it's actually bigger than cult, actually. It was incredibly successful, you know. Mm-hmm. At a budget of ten million seven hundred thousand dollars, it grossed over seventy-seven million dollars worldwide. You know, it was a big film. You know, it's got Steven Spielberg's name attached to it, all the iconography that went with it, you know, the image of the girl with the hands on the TV, the static on the screen, you know, one of the most famous movie quotes in history. They're here. You know, I was really stoked to finally check this out as it's been one of those movies that's just evaded me for years. But yeah, I just, I, I didn't, it just wasn't my bag, man. I think the biggest problem I had was uh, the tone. Mm-hmm. Like it was so all over the place. And I've mentioned before how I'm not the biggest fan of comedy in horrors. And man, the comedy was dialed up to 11 in this. Like yeah. it was just, so much slapstick and weird humor and i just couldn't deal with it so when the time came for the scary scenes i just couldn't take it seriously because i was still trying to wrap my head around all the comedy do you know what does that make sense yeah um okay so i'm gonna read out the plot so steve lives in a quiet residential area with his wife diane and their children caroline robbie and dana one evening caroline is surprised 
talking to someone inside the TV and mm-hmm. notifies the family that they have arrived or they're all here, however you <laughs> look at that scene. <laughs> then Carol Ann disappears mysteriously, although her voice continues to be heard in the house. Steve then asks a parapsychologist for help. The specialist, nonetheless, is unable to explain what is happening. Strange phenomena continue to occur. I mean, the plot for me, I think it does not hold together. Like, I think it's mediocre script writing. You know, Steven Spielberg is a terrific director, but a middling writer. Like, he wrote this story, like, about some of his childhood fears and his recollections. But to me, this movie plays like a disjointed series of set pieces that are only like partially executed by like poorly thought out framing a story. Does that make sense? Like it, they all feel mm-hmm. sort of like like separately, they're really good. Like I say, I love the you know the scene where she's getting thrown around the room upside down. I actually really like the you know the clown scene and and the tree and and all that. But as a whole, when you put them all together, these separate things, it just doesn't flow right for me. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I can see it, you know, it being, it was choppy. Um, mm, yeah. The funny thing is, is, yeah, I even have something written. Let's see. Oh, I have, I wrote a question to myself. I'm like. Uh, this movie isn't really like a horror film. I didn't quite see it. I mean, it is scary. Like the idea of it is scary. And as a kid, I would have been terrified of it. But I think the music. Oh, uh, yeah. The yeah, music this... really took the horror theme out. Yeah, And absolutely. made it more like a regular like Steven. Yeah, regular Steven Spielberg movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but totally. It almost felt like the breakfast club or something the score like it was very john hughes in part yeah i was like this i don't know there was just a few different elements that just did not go for me like and especially like the like i said i mean i don't expect like my horror movies to be masterpieces when it comes to the script and the plot you know but Mm -hmm. when it comes to something that's i don't know maybe it's something because it's so close to my heart this this paranormal stuff this ghost stuff that Mm -hmm. it needs to be it needs to be watertight to, to take me in. You know, I mean, yeah. we'll talk about these movies eventually, but Insidious, right? Mm-hmm. Those, the story in those films is so good and it's so engaging. And so, like, there's no plot holes, you know, that I notice anyway in those films. But in this one, it's like, what is it about, actually? Because, like, first of all, it's about unsettled ghosts. Then it's hinted in one scene that Satan is involved somehow. And mm-hmm. then, like, it, it, it relates to the ghost, but it's never explained. And then the corpses start breaking through the ground. But, like, why now? Like, why, like, six or seven years after the house was built over the grave? I mean, I suppose the pool, I guess. Um, but well, where, have the, you know, where have all the spirits been all that time? Like, it's, it's never explained. Yeah, that part's never explained. But it, I think because the... Um, was this, see, this was before... the the. Skeletons coming out of the pool was before the little girl was rescued, right? Uh, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they went down there. To, okay, yeah. Um, 
But I think because the little girl was there, for some reason, it kind of started a whole chain of events of the the skeletons and the demons being able to come out or whatever. Um, Yeah, so it was like... um like a domino effect sort of thing yeah of 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 energy and paranormal um paranormal energy I don't know. yeah so I mean, it's funny on. that you mentioned insidious because i have a, a note on here that says um you know their house became a portal to the afterlife mm-hmm. i was like did insidious like literally just copy this because isn't that yeah, what insidious they- is about but like Absolutely, made it better. They, they did it so much better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in my opinion, in my humble opinion. But yeah, I mean, and as well, like, what's the deal with that tree? Like, it grabs the sun and tries to like eat him. I was like getting like Evil Dead vibes for a minute. I was like, whoa, hold on. Yeah. What's going on with this fucking tree? I did not see that coming. Like, I, I what's did. That I <laughs> what's that got to do with the story? Like, what's the tree got to do with like. I, I don't know, it just didn't... I don't know, it just seemed like another, like, action set piece, just for the hell of it. Like, Steven Spielberg was just like, oh, yeah, I had this, like, fear of trees when I was a kid. And they were like, all right, we'll, be, we'll shoehorn this in somehow when it's about, like, ghosts in the house. Yeah. Tree comes to life. I, just, I didn't get that bit at all. And then just, just some bad script stuff, like characters, like, suddenly acting, like, clueless, like, just to further the action. Like, like, after all that shit's kicked off, like, the family just decides to spend one more night in the house. Yeah. The mother lets her children sleep in the same room. Yeah. All the centre of all the evil. Like, that's not believable. I know. And what was unbelievable for me was the scene where, right after the chairs are on the table, and then she builds that, like, little (laughs) thing where she puts the girl the the kid on there and she moves across the room i was like why would you put your child on there like that doesn't mean you, you don't know what it is and you're just putting your child on this like weird situation like what is wrong it was just like some sort of bowling alley that she'd set up um, yeah <laughs> using that kid as like a paranormal bowling ball yeah um, well let's touch because we touched on the parents thing let's talk about the parents i mean she was not the most responsible parent i mean neither of them were Mm-mm. Um, I noticed on your notes you put um, they're the coolest parents ever or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was some weird shit going on. I mean, they were just smoking weed in the bedroom um, when the kids were in the house and all that. I mean, you know, I, I haven't got against anything against anyone that wants to do that kind of thing. That's fine if you can be responsible and do drugs with your kids in your house. You know, more power to you. But I just found it really weird how they were in such a nice house. And they were just like smoking weed. Does that make any sense? Like, I kind of feel like that kind of behavior is for like white trash. You know um, what? I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Uh, I, I just felt like do cocaine. I mean, the kids were older, so it wasn't like you know they had a sixteen-year-old. So yeah, like it wasn't too crazy for me. Uh, I think what really irritated my soul was her just putting them in danger like that and then like being goofy about it being like oh my god we have this thing happening in our house and i'm I just think... gonna play around with it nope i would have been she out was... maybe they the parents were just stoned the whole time that would make maybe. a lot more sense yeah because that was very stoner behavior that whole um putting the kid on the 
the floor and watching her float along. Like, <laughs> that's, that's a stoner game, that. Like, it totally is. But, um, so, I think one of my favorite things, though, is, is that obviously, you know, the little girl just can see and hear things that the adults can't. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, um, I truly do love the fact that kids can see things that we as adults can't they are creepy but they're not corrupted like we are <laughs> creepy kids. yeah so it's like they're pure right and, and they've and got so, their third eye open still if right. that makes sense like and so i wrote i wonder what age you know do we stop mm-hmm. um seeing Being or able whatever to, yeah and then, yeah i mean my mum's had experiences with the paranormal when she was a kid she says she used to you know, she she describes herself as a sensitive, you mm-hmm. know, who can like feel like energies and stuff like that. Um, and she said she used to see a lot of shit when she was a kid. Yeah, uh, and I, I know a lot of people that, that say the same. Like, there's a fellow that I used to work with, Mark. Uh, shout out to Mark Futural if you're listening. He he told me some terrifying shit he used to see as a kid. He said that he used to see a, an old woman stuck in his doorway. Like he used to wake up and just see that mm. <laughs> like fuck that imagine being that kid like the kid from the sixth sense that just see shit like that yeah oh. i had a i had a lot of night terrors as a child like i would wake up in like cold sweats or just see shadows and stuff like that so i was just like i mean i still see stuff sometimes but I, automatically you assume that it's just your mind playing tricks on you you know yeah yeah, you know I've I've not got any experiences like that, and I'm I want to believe it's it's frustrating. But maybe <laughs> maybe you do, and you just don't remember. Maybe whenever That's you're true. a kid, because a lot of times they say like kids will just for either forget or just they since Lock they yeah they grow up and then they're told over and over again that this stuff is not real, and so they just assume yeah. It's like, like um, it's like in Hook. You know, when, like, you mm-hmm. leave Neverland and then you forget. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's totally it. Um, another thing that I didn't like, um, I promise I'll talk about things I do like in a minute, <laughs> but um, I just thought the direction was really slow and plodding. Like, many of the scenes just didn't pack the wallop that I felt like they should have had. Like... On paper, like this movie sounds great. It's got all the spooky foundations that I love in a paranormal film. Haunted house, you know, it's simple. But I just found the execution to be so bizarre and so tonally off that it just didn't click with me at all. Um, you know, any good movie, including a good horror one, it needs to be coherent and have things make sense and be understandable. And Poltergeist, to me, there was just too many things going on and it just came off as disjointed and unsatisfying. Um, yeah, I'm sorry to be a bummer on this film. That's all right. I still like it. Um, <laughs> and something that I didn't mention before in the trivia, this film was originally given an R rating, uh, but the filmmakers protested successfully and got a PG rating instead. Uh, the PG-13 rating did not exist at the time. Oh, that's right. And I find that insane. Especially with that face ripping scene in the mirror. Yeah. If that was yeah. it, maybe. But I mean, 
that I mean that was hardcore that for a fucking PG thirteen like what the hell I mean uh, also that hallucinating bathroom scene was one of the last scenes fil- to be filmed um, and originally instead of having the vision of ripping his face off instead he saw himself rotting uh, as a corpse in a coffin uh, I actually thought that would have worked better um, and the hands which pull the flesh off the investigator's face in the bathroom mirror were film producer Steven Spielberg's. Oh, cool. <laughs> Those were his hands. Um, and in typical uh, stuffy, limey style, the Brits um, did not like this film at all, rating-wise. <laughs> so when it was originally released in the UK, it was an, uh, rated as an X, uh, or as we know it, an 18 so that prohibited anyone under 18 from seeing the film. And when it was uh, released on home video, it was re-rated a 15 as that certificate didn't exist prior. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, though, like talking about ratings, I think if this was more of a PG movie, like, you know, like Casper or something, maybe I would have enjoyed it more. I just found that the tone was like so uncertain of what it wanted to be that it didn't work for me as like an adult horror or like a diet spooky with comedy. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's it sort of, I like it to be like one or the other, like give me Scooby-Doo or give me Insidious, you know, something. <laughs> I, I like my lines to be clear, not blurred. Um, I mean, something I want to touch on, we're probably going to, you know, well, we've already alienated lots of our listeners by saying, you know, the, first of all, the Christianity stuff and now this, but we are both vocally believers in the paranormal, you know? Mm, very uh, much. I, you know, I love ghost shit. I believe it. I've experienced it. I find it scary. I watch ghost adventures religiously every day. I've got an unhealthy man crush on Zach Bagans. <laughs> and paranormal <laughs> movies are among my favourite types of horror. So I really wanted to love this film. But I didn't even find it entertaining. Like, I found it... Really? ...plodding and just unbelievable. Like so funny. Like, you know, like I said before, like, the tree thing. Like, you know, that was that happened before um, the girl got trapped in the TV. Mm-hmm. The spirit limbo, or wherever she was. Uh, I couldn't get down with that idea either. Like, weirdly, like, it is... It was similar plots to the Insidious movies, but I think in those films, they executed so much more effectively. I mean, first of all, you get to see the spirit world in Insidious. In this one, it's kind of left to your imagination. Um, but in Insidious, it's explained properly, and the script and the story is stronger. And, you know, you're watching those films, and by the point that that happens in, in that film, you're fully on board with it. But in this one... I just had already checked out by that point. Um, and it also helped in Insidious for me that the boy's physical body was still there. Like it, it was on the mortal plane. It, it was, it remained behind, but in this one, her, her body was just gone as well. Mm. And I was just like, nah. And like the whole rope, like tying the rope going into the spirit world. I just thought that was so fucking ridiculous. Like I hated it. Um, I'm sure they do that in the final season of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, don't they? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I try to block that last season out of my head. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so it's just like, I mean, from the opening scenes as well, I knew I was going to have a tough time with it. Like, it sounds really weird, but I just hated all the slapstick stuff. Yeah. You know, like, people were, like, knocking things over and spilling drinks and, like, stumbling about and getting tangled up in, like, a telephone cord and people, like, talking all at once. And all of these things, like, really irritate me and give me anxiety. (laughs) I just couldn't deal with it. Like, the opening scene, like, immediately after the credits end, you get, like, a ridiculous slapstick scene with that guy riding the bike with his handful of beers and the kids with Mm -hmm. the toy cars. And he drops the beers all over the floor and hurts his ass on the bike seat. And I was like... Oh no, what is going on? This is terrible. <laughs> I know. I was like, am I watching the right movie? Before yeah. <laughs> that was happening. I was... I was like, is this the spoof version? Like, it's a shame because I was actually really enjoying the credits and the music and the cinematography. I was like, this is nice, you know, setting up the typical 80s Americana suburbia, like everything's normal and happy. And then that stupid Adam Sandler type comedy scene just slapped me in the face. <laughs> what is going on? Um, I also found the editing like really choppy and jarring. See, I guess I don't pay attention to that stuff as much as you do because <laughs> I just don't notice it. Um, I just didn't think it was well edited either. I mean, there's just fast cuts all over the place. Um, the only... that's one... Sorry, I was just going to oh. say that's one of the problems I had with The Exorcist, um, which we'll get into in due course. But the editing and that was another thing that sort of threw me off. Um, it, it would have like a scary part. And then immediately cut to something else completely like mundane or the next day and, and like nothing was made of it. And Ugh. you had no time to sort of resonate with what was going on. Like it it just didn't give me the creepy vibes that it needed and that I wanted. I just like I didn't think it was scary. Like, like I liked a few creepy bits with like the tree and the clown, like the vibes. But that was about it. Like I didn't think it was like spooky or disturbing. Mm-hmm. Like like I said, it was more of like a spoof to me. Yeah, I like I said, I don't think I didn't really see this movie as scary. Like like I said, as a kid, I would have been terrified because I yeah. hated my closet as a child. <laughs> oh right, I didn't even pick up on that. The closet. Thing I well, yeah. hated. I like even when I go back to my house, I get yeah. weirded out by my closet. I don't know oh, why. Really? Just I think Michael Myers is standing in it. No, or do you think you can get well, sucked into it like this? Like when I was twenty three, no, no, twenty one. I uh, stole living with my parents, and I had a dream that there was this big black cloaked figure living in there. Oh shit! And that's pretty much how I felt all through my kid, like my childhood too. It was oh, just a, like it was really there. Yeah. So. Um, yeah but anyways uh but yeah i don't i just i classify it as i don't even know what i I wouldn't classify it as a horror film for sure um i i would like the thing that just keeps popping out for me is that face rip scene because that is horror like i mean yeah but that kind of stuff was in indiana jones as well you know oh yeah true the face melting part yeah yeah i would I would put it in the same genre as an Indiana Jones or a Jurassic Park or, you know, where it was kind of scary, but it wasn't horror. Yeah. The only I'm... true horror parts of the movie, I think, were 
the clown and the yeah. scene where like the skull devil thing came screaming out of the closet or the room oh, or whatever yeah. and then that, that was like um i think it was like a puppet that it was actually a puppet that they um enhanced you know afterwards to make it look all that that ghosty. that part felt out of place to me yeah <laughs> yeah that, I'm like, that totally felt like a like an action 80s thing didn't it like yeah. straight out of a spielberg film yeah so like i said like i i enjoyed it a lot i would rewatch it i felt it was campy enough for me and it had oh, it enough campy. yeah i had enough of the things that i enjoy um so i've just looked on imdb and letterboxd and on genres it's horror and nothing else on i'm on letterboxd and on imdb it's horror and thriller uh, it's a horror movie actually <laughs> i guess so i mean it's it's classified as that but i don't yeah. i it, i think it was the music that really took the horror yeah, totally, away from yeah. me because the music was was very like i said like the jurassic yeah. park or the it was yeah. just very Eventually. there wasn't it, it wasn't almost like, like wistful and sort of yes upbeat and and um oh, i can't think of the word but it was just very sweeping and like not the score that you needed for this film right and and like it's not like you know uh halloween where you know you yeah. hear that creepy you just get that vibe from the music but i'll tell you what if john carpenter would have done this score i probably would have liked it <laughs> honest to god <laughs> music <laughs> had a lot to do with you know whether i like a film or not what do yeah. you think about the acting I thought the little girl did a really good job. Um, yeah. I mean, I, it, I thought on a whole the acting was weird, though. Like, some of it was, like, way over the top. Like, especially the elder sister. Like, she was going, like, full-on hysterical at points when no one else was. I like, know. she was more hysterical than the parents. I mean, I know the parents are stoned, but, like, it was just so weird. And, like, the, yeah. the, woman, the woman paranormal investigator as well, she was on a different level to everyone else, too. Like, they were, like, acting in, like, Oscar-worthy films, and everyone else was just, like, in a B-movie. <laughs> I mean, it, it'd be the set, it'd be fine if everyone was, like, on the same wavelength, but it just felt so disjointed and at odds with the tone of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, the acting was a little wonk. I just, I felt like the parents at first were just way too happy with everything that was going on. I was like, yeah. listen. Again, stoned. If any, I don't even care if I was stoned. I'd be like, nah, dude, I'm out. Like, especially with your little girl saying they're here. I'd be like, all right. Get out. <laughs> out. <laughs> Leaving. You're going to stay with your grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, overall, I mean, it was it was enjoyable for me. I, I liked it a lot. But I'll, I, I could I'll talk see. talk about things that I liked. Not a lot, but my favorite scene where was the end and i don't mean that like oh it's over but the bit where all hell broke loose and all the mm -hmm. skeletons started popping up out the ground and the coffins and everything yeah like, i thought that that was just so ridiculous and i loved it like that was like proper like ridiculous like horror that i love that kind of shit yeah the whole last like 15 the last minutes sequence of that movie. was so good yeah <laughs> i really liked it um 
I, I was going to ask you what your favourite kill was, but there was none. Um, uh-uh. <laughs> I mean, this movie did not tick any of my top five horror movie must-haves, really. Um, aesthetic, no. I didn't really like the way it looked. Atmosphere, meh, in parts. Soundtrack, I mean, yeah, we've discussed it. The score was okay, but it was a little too Spielbergy for a horror. Yeah, uh, yeah. Memorable, likable characters, no. I didn't like anybody. Um, good kills, no. And overall thoughts, I mean, I was disappointed with it. I think it's vastly overrated. Um, it's included among the 1001 movies you must see before you die by Steven Schneider. Um, I would not include it in that list. Would you? <laughs> 1001. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what movies I would include in a list like that, to be honest. I mean, because I'm I'm a person, like, I've never seen E.T., I've never seen The Titanic, I've never mm-hmm. seen The Notebook. So, like, mm-hmm. there's, like, bigger movies that I've never seen. And, like, I was like, okay, so I've never seen this movie, and I knew it was really highly rated. I was like, okay, I'll mm-hmm. watch this one. And then, like I said, I watched Reservoir Dogs, Quentin Tarantino. I'd never seen that. So... I don't know if I personally would put it in a movie collection that you need to watch it, but I was thankful that I did watch it. I liked it a lot. It was entertaining to me. Like I told you before, like sometimes with movies, if I start to think like you, (laughs) I will definitely, definitely dislike more movies, but I tend to sometimes switch that part of my brain off to just oh, yeah. to, well, you have to, to I guess. watch yeah. a movie and be entertained by it and yeah. and it was entertaining to me and the whole last yeah you're right the whole last sequence was great and you know I don't <laughs> know why I they remembered. sorry go on no I was gonna say I don't know why they stayed in that house as long as they freaking did but <laughs> whatever I mean, the comedy held right to the last frame in the film where mm-hmm. they go into the motel room and then it's just a shot outside that just lingers on it and the door opens again and he just pushes that TV on the wheels out onto, mm-hmm. the, onto the side, just like, nope, I'm not having no fucking TV in here after all that. Um, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll honestly never watch it again and personally I do not recommend it. Uh, it had some good ideas, but I think it just fell flat with the execution for me. Um, maybe I just had my critic head on when I watched this film and maybe. I needed to turn that part off like you did. Maybe I was just having a bad day. Um, is there anything else? Maybe we... I was going to say, maybe we should give the the remake a try then. Um, yeah, maybe I might like the remake, but it know, does have some cause... rotten reviews. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, if if the newer one has rotten reviews and the older one has good reviews, you know, you never know. Maybe, maybe I might like it. I was going to say, maybe it'll be opposite for you. Um, yeah. There point. was one one scene that I really liked was at the end, whenever she is trying to get back into the kid's room and the hallway just starts expanding over and over oh, again. Oh, that was I, sick. I love scenes like that. Yeah, I, that was I really love good camera like work. Huh? Yeah. And... Tell you what, another film that ripped that off. Well, the same film that ripped a scene off in this film, Nightmare on Elm Street. They do that. Oh, I can't wait um, to watch those movies. And also, I'm super excited. A scene that in Freddy vs. Jason, 
with Catherine Isabel that does that expanding hallway, really cool camera trick thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think you're going to love Nightmare on Elm Street. It's one of my favourite films of all time. absolutely love it. Yeah, because the uh, little thing is there's a book called House of Leaves and it's, it was written in like the early 90s, like 2000s. But it's about a house and like the family that lives in the house leaves and comes back and the house is just a little bit bigger. And then the, by like um, each day, the house gets like the hallways get a little bit tiny bit longer and a tiny bit longer and the house grows and grows and that grows. That sounds like a dream come true. I would love a cool. bigger house every time I walked in. But there's like a presence in the growth of the house, if that makes sense. Oh, it's a great book. I already book. have a presence in my house, so that's fine. You should read it. It's called <laughs> House of Leaves. It's it's fantastic. Um, it's a this is a book. Yeah. It's, Does it have pictures in? It does not. I'm, I'm not sorry. interested. <laughs> Actually, I'm reading a book at the moment. It's not a comic book. It's an actual book um, with words in. And um, it's Zach Bagans' autobiography. Well, kind of. Uh, of course, you're reading that. Uh, <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> like, I know I know. my one through love, Zach Bagel, won't be listening to this episode, but man, stick to the day job, dude. Do not like try and write any more books. It's so bad. That's hilarious. Like, I mean, he's like um like a Californian surfer bro. And it is like it's written by a Californian surfer bro. <laughs> like, uh... like all over the place. And he's like, yeah, man, like I used to like surf and and like I feel like that sitting in the dark water was like my entry into the like the paranormal and and feeling the calm of the wave and like you know shit like that and it's like whoa <laughs> what are you trying to do here man <laughs> and then he like go all over the place with like all these ghost experiences he's had but not stick on one for long and it's just like it's terrible um but I'm sticking with it because I have to finish something once I've started it <laughs> that's funny um, so, but yeah, yeah I mean, me personally, I liked it. I I don't know. I guess I would recommend it to people. I don't know. I mean, it's not the best movie I've ever seen, but it wasn't the I worst think either. this is the worst <laughs> film we've done. I think it opinion. is. <laughs> Do you think that too? So far? Uh, I think it's definitely not the best put together together film i guess like it's i would de- i would rewatch fear street part two over this any day <laughs> definitely too, yeah it's so much more fun like i don't know I just i don't know i I, I, with this one. I don't know i liked it i don't know what i liked about it that much but i did i was at the end i was just like wow that that movie was a lot better than i expected i went in with no expectation though so i guess see how is it opposite to you I Maybe had that's expectations and then I came out disappointed but I'm really glad you enjoyed it I'm I'm just sorry I couldn't nerd out with that's you about okay. it but baby. um yeah I think that about does it for this episode so thank you everybody for listening and shout out to all of our lovely regular listeners super fan Ryan Horn John Howard <laughs> Sadie and Katie at Welcome to Horrorland Terror Society Daniel Cox and Ella Lineker uh, Dan sent me a lovely message before saying how much he enjoys the show. So thank you so much for the kind feedback. He said that Hereditary is one of his favourite horror films. Oh, um, we're going to have to redo that. I'm going to have to Ash, rewatch it. 
Ash has been chatting as usual. Um, the like hardest no guy to... Oh, he's so hard <laughs> No to pleasing please. Ash with any films. Hopefully. However, him and I do, like, uh, well, a same band. We have a same band in common that we both what, enjoy a lot. So. What band's that? Uh, they're called Between the Buried and Me, and they're like... Think about... Oh, Think about Rush, but like oh. super metal, but then right. like add in like every genre of, genre of music you can even think of to be intertwined. It's very that strange. That sounds horrible. <laughs> it's great. We're going. We're actually going to see them. <laughs> we're going to see them tonight. Actually. So. Oh, are you? Wow. Yeah. Well, have fun with yeah. your, your weird Rush band. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love Rush. <laughs> <laughs> I did at a point, but I think I was like partaking in uh, some poltergeist uh, puffs at the time yeah uh, poltergeist so... <laughs> puffs <laughs> oh uh, man but now I'm straight edge so I can't listen to prog rock um, <laughs> that's so great um, uh, but yeah so send us in some suggestions uh, what movies we should do we'd love to hear them email and us. your scary movies I mean not yeah, scary movies scary, scary stories. stories yeah yeah, yeah. so email us contact horrorhomeschool at gmail.com or you can DM us on Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Have a chat. We always chat back. Um, and go to horrorhomeschool.com for links to everything, including all of our socials and where you can listen to the show. Personal social media stuff. You can follow me on Instagram at Chris J. Wakefield. And me at underscore Baberham Lincoln underscore. We will be back soon with another episode. And remember... They're here. <laughs> <laughs>